This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Want to know what's going on in your neck of the woods and learn the history and the people behind the events that you love across the state? Get to know the real Mississippi. Check out MPB Think Radio's Next Stop Mississippi podcast on all platforms or on the MPB public media app. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Jermaine Flood. Hey, Coach. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How is your Thursday before, you know, Christmas Sunday? Well, it is. Are you cool and calm? I'm cool, calm. Everything's been taken care of, and I'm ready. You still shopping? No. All of that has been taken care of. I don't have to worry about it. I can't imagine coach shopping, like walking into a retail store. Do you do that? I can see you walking into AutoZone. No, I don't really walk into any store if I can help it. You know, every now and then if I'm out doing something, I will go into a jewelry store. But that's about Oh, that's sweet. That's nice, Coach. That is nice. Well, we're here today and we're going to be talking about undercarriage maintenance. So that's something to, to get into before the holiday season, Coach. Well, to get into before and after, because we have all these deer hunters out there, and we got all these four-wheel drive vehicles out there, Mm -hmm. and undercarriage maintenance is the least looked at on any part of our vehicles. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. Our email address for questions is auto at mpbonline.org. Okay, you here it comes, Coach. What is the undercarriage? That's what I had to look up myself. So it's the section of a vehicle that's underneath the main cabin. And for trucks and automobiles, it contains the chassis. Am I saying that right? The chassis. The chassis. Right. And why does undercarriage require maintenance if nobody can see it, coach? Well, they say it's easy to forget about it. And you typically don't see and you typically forget about what you don't see, which is why it's often overlooked when performing regular maintenance. But no. Neglecting the maintenance of the undercarriage could lead to bigger car problems. It's a vital part of keeping your vehicle clean and working. And if the vehicle, because the vehicle is always in close proximity to the road surface, it means that it takes the brunt of the salt, rain, sleet, and mud that you drive through, like you were saying. That's right. So there's so much under there that we don't even think about on a regular basis. Well, if you think about Mississippi potholes and all these other things that are on the side of the road or it comes off vehicles, you run over those things if you're driving down the highway. Okay. Sometimes you cannot avoid them. Well, what happens, you hit those things and they come up and they hit vital parts underneath that vehicle. They hit the transmission. They hit the oil pan. They hit all of that stuff up Mm -hmm. underneath the vehicle and it knocks holes in the oil pan, it cracks the transmission, and it damages things under there. And that's why you have a lot of cars today, manufacturers have put uh, guards or shields up underneath all the vehicles, Yeah, and it keeps you from damaging your vehicle. Okay. okay? But that's one more thing that you would have to take off in order to look under right. that vehicle. Right. Okay, we have a drive shaft, we have CV axles, we have mufflers, we have exhaust pipes, we have... Uh, Mounts, transmission mm-hmm, mounts, mm-hmm. all of that is gotten from underneath the vehicle. Right. You know, and if you don't have a lift where you can raise that vehicle up, it's hard to see what is going on underneath that yeah, vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Quick question. And this is the first thing that came on my mind when you started talking about, you know, maintenance in your undercarriage. 
Is this something that could be included in a warranty? Yes. Okay. Now, the plastic parts are not going to be included in a warranty because a lot of times that breaks because of road hazards that you run over. But just say you got a transmission, part of the transmission, it's all underneath the vehicle. A lot of that stuff is included under warranty work. Okay. Okay. But you take those guards off or you break those guards and shields that are underneath them and you hit something in the highway, well, warranty's not going to cover it. It doesn't matter if it's a new car or whatever because – you broke the shield. The shield's no longer on there. That keeps the uh, that voids the warranty. Okay. 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 Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. So there's there's benefits of taking care of the undercarriage. Yeah, we talked. You talked about sleet and snow and mud up north. There's a lot of salt in the wintertime because of the sleet and the snow and mm-hmm, ice. Mm-hmm. Well, all of that gets up underneath the undercarriage, and what it does, it rusts is the body itself, the vehicle itself, okay, the metal. Okay, and on older cars, people just don't notice the rust because it's underneath the vehicle. Yeah, it rusts the muffler, the tailpipes, all of that does. So okay. you need to get that vehicle up on a rack where you can look up underneath that vehicle. Right. You know, because right. all that stuff starts to rust, and the next thing you know, like you say, you have a lot more problems that you had before you started. Right. And could those include, like, corrosion and things like that? Yeah, a lot of corrosion. You know, a lot of vehicles, manufacturers always put a undercoating underneath the uh, vehicle, mm-hmm. and that undercoating uh, keeps it from rusting. But if you hit things and stuff like that, it'll it still will— They'll fall off. It'll fall off, <laughs> and it will— uh, Penetrate that undercoating. Okay. Okay. So there could be corrosion. There could be thing parts falling off if you're not, you know, paying attention to if it. If you're not mindful of the vehicle, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so that could lead to, of course, a whole snowfall of problems for your car. Well, just think how many times that you've heard a vehicle that had a hole in the exhaust pipe or the muffler. Well, that's from rust. Okay. Okay. Once again, you don't really hear it, or sometimes you may have a muffler fall off and it's dragging in the ground. You've seen those driving down yeah, the road. Yeah. Well, Sparking. What, that's right. <laughs> well, that could start a grass fire in our yeah, droughts. Yeah. But what happens, those hangers that hold on the muffler to the body, either they some of them are rubber, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. break, or some mm-hmm. of them are metal, and the weld comes apart mm-hmm. and just keep on driving. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, and you're buying your whole new exhaust system. That makes sense. Now, Coach, I don't mean to get into your personal business. Do you just happen to have a lift at the house? <laughs> well, I don't have a lift at the house. I used to. I have a whole bunch of floor jacks now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no. you just get them all up right. that way. And then when I was at the school all the time, I had lifts all the time. Okay, okay. I could. Yeah. I, I don't know why I imagine you having a full, you know, hydraulic lift at the house. Well, that's what you really need to be able to get under it. But it's every now and then if you got floor jacks or some way, you got ramps that you can pull the vehicle up where you can get under the vehicle real easy, right? you need to be inspecting that undercarriage. Okay. And quick question. If there is dirt and like, you know, mud and stuff and grime that's all slung underneath it, could that lead to the vehicle possibly overheating? Well, it's not really going to keep it overheating uh, underneath the vehicle because you've got the radiator in the front. Now, if you had mud and all in the radiator, yes. But the mud and the grime and all can destroy. you got a CV axles that have boots on it. Okay. Uh, just say if you going through for the woods in the four wheel drive and a stick or something hits that boot, next thing you know, now the axle, all the grease comes out of the axle. Now you're buying a new axle. Okay. So the mud gets up in the transmission. You can get it, you know, you got seals and all that are in the transmission mm-hmm. on the back of the transmission mm-hmm. where the drive shaft comes out. 
Now, you know, uh, sand and water can get in there and they can get into the rear end through the sills. So there's a lot of things that that rust, I mean, that uh, dirt and water can get into. Okay. So let's take it literally part by part. The brakes. Let's talk about that. What do you need to look for when you're maintenancing them in your undercarriage? Well, you know, brakes have brake fluid going through metal lines. And what happens, those metal lines will corrode. Okay. And they can get bent. So you need to make sure that those lines are not bent. You have the emergency brake that's coming through there. A lot of times people wonder why their emergency brake don't work. Well, the emergency brake either works off a foot pedal or a lever. Okay. And... It has a adjustment underneath the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. it'll get rusted. It'll get dirt all into the threads, and now you can't adjust it. So you want to make sure that that's clean all the time. Right. And then you got your bleeder screws that are underneath the vehicle for the brakes. Once again, it just say you're trying to bleed the brakes. Well, you gotta get all stopped up with mud and everything. You can't bleed the brakes. Okay, coach, stop right there. Now, I don't mean to get off of undercarriage maintenance, but I need to know what bleed the brakes means because I've heard it more than once. Well, if you are bleeding brakes, just say the manufacturer tells you when you're changing brake pads that you need to open the bleeder screw. And there's a little bleeder screw on the caliper or the uh, rear brakes Uh that lets air or fluid out. Okay. Okay. And when you say you're going to bleed something, that means you're going to let the air out of it. Why would you want to? Well, because you cannot compress, uh, you can compress air, but you cannot compress a fluid. Okay. And you want to make sure that those brakes are solid so it has no air in it. Got it. You know, so. Got it. Bleeding the brake. Right. Got it. Thanks, coach. I needed, I needed that one. (laughs) Let's talk about, though, the exhaust. What to look for when you're maintenancing that in your undercarriage? Well, once again, on the exhaust, you have, um, coming from the engine, you have, uh, a tailpipe and you have exhaust pipe coming through. You got your muffler, you got your catalytic converter. All of those are underneath that vehicle and they're held on with hangers, either okay. they're rubber hangers. And a lot of times we think about uh, the rubber hangers, we just forget about them, but it deteriorates. Yeah. Okay. And the rubber dry rots and oxidizes. And next thing you know, it's on the ground. Right. So you want to make sure that those hangers are not bent. You want to make sure the exhaust, you haven't hit anything, a rock or something, or maybe a big boulder or a tree mm-hmm. or a big hole or something that you ain't hit, and you have bent the exhaust pipe mm-hmm. because you, you uh, bend the exhaust, then you have lack of uh, the exhaust coming out of the system. Okay. So you want to look at that pipe, make sure it's not bent, make sure it doesn't have no holes in it. Yeah. Because a lot of times, like I say, you may have a rust spot in it, you just don't know about mm-hmm. it. The clamps or the uh, bandings or sometime they will rust and you can't get them off, you know, okay. if you had to change the exhaust. You know, so you okay. want to look at all that, make sure it's not all corroded. Yeah. Do that. And look, we're going to get into so much more, Coach. I want to know about the the four-wheel drive. I want to know about the guards. I want to know how often and should it be just pretty? Should your undercarriage be pretty? <laughs> A lot of times there are certain people that will make their undercarriage pretty. Yeah, I've seen it where they make their engines pretty. But should your undercarriage be pretty, too? Uh, it should be clean. Okay. Well, we'll talk more about that. If you've got a question, send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about undercarriage maintenance. Is your car under recall? I'll tell you how you can find out next. You're listening to Auto correct with coach charlie melton i'm jermaine flood if you want even more autocorrect
Autocorrect find our podcast on all podcast platforms for your smart device. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Well, here are some recent recalls and one that Coach brought to me early this morning because it dropped early this morning. So let's start with that one. Um, You've probably already heard if you catch up with the news, if you don't and you're like me, you have to hear it from a Coach Charlie. If you don't have a Coach Charlie, I feel very bad for you. No, 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 no. I'm playing. Everybody needs a Coach Charlie in their life, though. But okay, first off on our recalls, Toyota is recalling, which means everybody just about who's driving a Toyota has a recall today. One million vehicles over airbag sensor glitch. So this is a big recall, just about as big as the Tesla recall was. It's a lot of vehicles included in this car. So this includes cars and Toyota SUVs in the U.S. due to a possible defect that could cause the passenger airbag to fail um, to deploy in a crash. Now, the recall involves 15 different 2020 and 2021 model year Toyota and Lexus models. Now, listen to that. That's two of those Toyota and Lexus models including the Toyota Camry, RAV4, Sienna, and the Lexus RX350 and ES350. Lexus is Toyota, of course, vehicle luxury brand. Um, Excuse me. The occupant classification system sensor that detects when someone is sitting in the front passenger seat could short circuit. And in some of these vehicles, the sensor was improperly manufactured. Um, The short circuit sensor could cause the airbag to fail to deploy in incidents when it should, according to Toyota's announcement. So um, owners of the vehicles involved in the recall will be notified by, by Toyota by the middle of February of 2024. But others um, can contact Toyota, you know, directly and Toyota or Lexus dealers will inspect the sensor and replace it at no cost to the owner. These are big recalls when you have that much. How do they even take the influx of customers to service these recalls? Well, you know, you got to think about how they go about doing it. These are all airbag uh, problems. A lot of the Hitachi airbags and sensors and all those, those airbags, like say, they'll go into the dealership, they will make appointments, they'll go in there and, if they have to change out the sensor, they'll change the sensor, and it shouldn't take long okay. to do these. Uh, but they'll have a whole bunch of these sensors and all there, and that's why they wait till to send out the recall to everybody. Yeah. Even though it dropped today, you yeah. said they're not going to notice until the 24th of February. Okay. And that was to so they can get the supply, and they're able to take and change them out pretty quick. Okay. I was about to say, because it'd be like, help wanted on every Toyota and Lexus dealership light. We've got a million recall we need. <laughs> I would sh- sure about every dealer that would have somebody taking care of that constantly. Okay. Okay. This recall, our next one, though, isn't as big as the Toyota 1 million recall. But this next one, um, it's not a very happy holiday season, though, for owners of Honda's CRV hybrid SUV, which just got a recall for missing a missing fuse for its 12-volt battery cable. And more than 106,000 vehicles are affected. And specifically... Specifically, model year 2020 to 2022 CRV hybrids are affected. The 12 volt battery cable routed outside of the body frame may be missing a fuse on the power circuit, which can allow the battery cable to short circuit or overheat during a crash. And this can increase.
increase the risk of a fire or injury. And to resolve the issue, dealers are replacing that battery cable for free, and Honda will begin notifying owners January 29th. So you really understand what that is. It is a fuse. Every electrical circuit has a fuse in mm-hmm. it, and what that fuse does, it it uh, it will blow. It's, it's rated in an amperage, okay. and it will blow and instead of burning up the system. Okay. And what they're saying, there's not a fuse in that particular cable, and it could burn the system up because there's not a fuse. Hmm. It'll just overheat. Uh, matter of fact, you've probably seen a lot of vehicles on the side of the highway that you've seen burn up. Those are because maybe somebody uh, left a fuse out when they put an amp in or something like that or a radio, or it shorted out against the frame, and it caught the installation on fire. Well, I don't want to say too soon. Um, say this, I, I feel like it could be too soon, but somebody, and, and I, I pray everybody involved in that vehicle fire this morning that was on um, 55 at Woodrow Wilson in Jackson. There was one vehicle on fire. They had it on the news. I saw it this morning. Um, the, 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 the fire department and everybody came out and was able to, you know, keep it under control. I think nobody was involved in, you know, were, were fatally involved or anything like that in it. But do you think possibly? I mean, how did you, how are you just driving it, and then it just? Well, you could have electrical fuse, uh, or you could have electrical fire. You could have a gas fire. So there's many different things, or you could have a battery fire. So there's a lot of different things that could cause that fire okay. inside the vehicles. But a lot of them are electrical shorts that are grounding out, and they're getting too hot, and starts catching the insulation on fire, mm-hmm. and then it spreads from there. Okay. Okay. Well, just my thoughts go out to everybody that was involved in that wreck and everybody, too, that was involved in the traffic, you know, that came from from that issue. Um, But make sure you all go out there, especially this holiday season. Go on and look for your recalls. If there's any kind of recalls out there that seem like they are of much importance, please go get that fixed. I have not gotten my Mazda backup camera recall fixed, but it did not pose a threat to me. Right. You can use those I told I talked to my mom about you, Coach. It's like Coach has got that plan B backup system. That's right. It's called Use Your Mirrors. You know, getting back on the um, the fire, the electrical fire, same thing with undercarriage. There are um, electrical wires going underneath the vehicle, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't pay attention to those. They rub and they will, the insulation and will rub off of those wires if it's going through some metal. And once again, they could short out as well okay. and catch on fire. Yeah. Well, y'all, you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov forward slash recalls and inputting your VIN number there. Or you can download their Safer Car app. We're talking about undercarriage maintenance. We're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. And let's talk about this, too. I want to go back Dragging. Dragging could create issues as well. Talk about how we don't want to drag things along the road. Well, a lot of times that we may be running, running over something in the road and we drive it down the highway. And like you said earlier, that could make sparks. Yeah. You know, if it's metal, it could make sparks and catch something else on fire. Yeah. But a lot of times what happens, we hit something in the middle of the road or going through the woods and it destroys the shield. And I, they're just put on with little clips it pulls the clips out or it breaks it. And the next thing you know, you're dragging it down the highway and then it tears up something else. Yeah. 
And so you got to be careful about the shields on those vehicles because, like I say, once you break them, uh, you usually have to go get another one. You know, you know, I see a lot of people put them back up with uh, tie straps and all zip ties, but mm-hmm. you really need to go get the clips to put back in them so it's put back up there properly. Okay. You were talking about CV axles. Well, CV axles, we got them on the front-wheel drive, rear-wheel drives, all-wheel drives. Uh, a lot of us are going to – a lot of the manufacturers are going to CV axles instead of drive shafts unless they're rear-wheel drive vehicles. Okay. Well, once again, driving through the mud, driving down the roads, things hit those axles. Mm-hmm. And once again, they could bust the boots in them. And the boots, they are, each one of them have boots because they have bearings in them. Yeah. And those bearings have grease that have to be lubricated. And yeah. The grease lubricates them. Mm-hmm. And what happens, you bust the boot. Now the grease is all over the place. And next thing you know, you're replacing axles. And yes. another thing you got to worry about, too, is uh, – Things getting wrapped around the axles, uh, the CV axles, mm-hmm. or even the drive shaft. Mm-hmm. Things will get wrapped around them, and you don't know it's there, and you're just taking it. It's hitting. You hear some noise hitting the top of the underneath the vehicle, and it's something wrapped you know, around it. Yeah, you, know, you always think about when you were a kid. You put uh, cards or something in the spokes of your vehicle. I mean, yeah. your bicycle to make yeah. it make noise. Yeah. Well, that's the same thing that's going to happen if something gets wrapped <sighs> around those axles. I was thinking more like a um, shopping cart that you don't want to push at Kroger because there's stuff wrapped around the wheels same thing you know and that will tear up seals okay you know those axle uh, shafts have seals at the end of them they go into right stuff gets around those axles next thing you know it's tearing the seal up all your transmission fluid comes out Mm -hmm. next thing you know you're buying a transmission Mm -hmm. and that's not cheap that's right that is not cheap coach i want to know and i'm not you know i'm not trying to you know poke at anybody or anything but why all the rubber and plastic pieces underneath the undercarriage why can't everything just be made with good pieces well <laughs> we used to we used not to have all that stuff underneath the okay. vehicles but it serves more than one purpose first of all it serves keeping the dirt and everything off keeping it clean a little bit but it serves we have aluminum transmissions now you know, so aluminum is very fragile. Okay. We have smaller oil pans, and they're lower to the ground, very fragile. Something uh, jumps up in the air, out of yeah. it, off the road, hits it, it knock a hole in it. Busts a hole right through. Next right. thing you got oil all over the place, you're buying a new engine. Okay. So it serves as, first, aesthetic looking. It looks good. Yeah. Okay. It keeps the vehicle clean underneath it, but it serves to protect the transmission, the oil pan, from getting damaged. Okay. 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 I was like, can not everything be just metal or, you know, it doesn't have to be rubber and plastic all the time? Well, we But gotta, I guess for, you know, weight purposes and things like that, over time, things have changed. Well, you think about all the sensors. All the sensors yeah. are plastic, and that is underneath the vehicle. If you turn the transaxle or the transmission, those are all plastic. Yeah. Something hits them, next thing you know. On you older the, vehicles, it, was there that much plastic, plastic and rubber? No. That's what I thought. Because they didn't have the sensors. They didn't have all those things hanging down, all the wires hanging down. See, because all those wires, transmission has wires going mm-hmm. uh, to them and all, all that know. stuff. It could get caught, and that's why they got it all covered up. Got it. All right. Well, I'll stop fussing about the plastic and the rubber on the undercarriage, Coach. Technology. <laughs> you know, you think about technology, it makes the vehicle run better, but there's uh, always consequences. Right, right. Okay. Now, back to my original question before um, we took that, that quick break. Um, what and why would it need to be pretty under there? Why would we need to get it clean? And do you 
when you get it pretty, do you take some water underneath it with some soap? Like, how do you prettify it? Well, you think about uh, <laughs> a lot of these guys who have four-wheel drives, these girls that got four-wheel drive vehicles and Jeeps and everything. Yeah. If you drive down the road, you see the lights down through them, underneath them and everything. Yeah. And they got maybe some, some of it's painted in different colors. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, once again, to make the vehicle look pretty. You know, they're not really worried about the maintenance part of it. They're worried about what it looks like. Yes, it's shiny. The shiny. Yeah. You know, and, you know, that's just the age that we're in. Yeah. You know, and most of the ones that are doing it really don't know much about mechanical aspect of it. They just says, hey, I want to make it look shiny. I'm going to put lights underneath it. Yeah. No. Coach, if I did all that beautification underneath my vehicle, I would have to have jacks all the time because I'm going to tell everybody you're going to have to go under there and look at that. That's right. <laughs> well, I see. I'm going to show it off for sure. I see the craze going around right now is that you got these pickup trucks and these uh, four-wheel drive Tahoes and all yeah. where they're lifted way up in the front and they're down in the back. I don't know if you've seen any of Yes, but I wonder. I'm like, I thought it was something had broke, like some shocks had fell off or something. No, they have them lifted way up. I see somewhere the guy, I saw the guy driving down the road. He can't even day. see. He couldn't even see. His neck was extended I way up. I did, too. I did, like, too. You know, trying to see over to drive it because it was so high in the air. Why are they doing that, Coach? Once again, that's the fad that's going on from the West Coast to the East Coast. Really? Yeah. But you can't see. You can't see. <laughs> Hey, but you look good. You look different than anybody else. So a lot of times, and that's that's another reason people put lights and they put uh, things underneath their vehicle because nobody else has them and they look good and you're different. You stand out. Right. Y'all, we're going to get into more undercarriage maintenance talk, especially when it deals in how often should you clean your undercarriage? And then we'll talk about some more pieces, though. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about undercarriage maintenance between your car repair questions. What's in the news? You're defogging your car windows wrong. That's what's in the news. I'll tell you more next. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired instructor from Clinton High School's automotive tech program, is our expert host. I'm Jermaine Flood. I hope you've downloaded the app for your smartphone. That's the MPB public media app. In addition to listening to the show or using the Talk to Us feature on the app, you can click on the support button and contribute. Contributions help keep our programs on the air for you and others to enjoy and we always thank you for your contribution to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with the replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. In the news, you're defogging your car windows wrong. Did you know that, Coach? I didn't know. Tell us about it. Should you, is the question, use the heat or the air conditioner or should you use both? So if your windshield is wet, you use the wipers. If it's dirty, you hit the bur- the burton, the button <laughs> that squirts it with that blue fluid. And if it's icy, you blast heat at it to defrost it. But what if your windshield is foggy and the fog is on the inside? I can't stand that. Um, some people say to use heat, some to use the AC, but which is correct. So it's common to be confused about this. And if you're unsure, you're not alone. Um, a tweet on the dilemma went semi-viral with many of the replies only making the situation sound more confusing. So somebody said, turn on the heat and the air conditioning, which I don't know how that'll happen. But um, they're saying the short answer is that to defog the windshield quickly in cold weather, you want to turn on the heat 
and the air conditioning. And they say, yes, you can do both of those at once. If you have a dial that adjusts the temperature, put it on the hottest setting. Then look around for a button that turns the AC on or off. Click it so it's on. Oh, Okay, that's still using up my gas. But yeah, some cars have a button that does everything for you, they say. But there's a car and there's a button in some cars that there's a rear defrost button that turns on the wires in the back windshield and a front defrost button that does um, that points at the blower at the windshield, turns the blower on full blast and raises the temperature, turns the AC on and turns recirculation off. And that's exactly what you want to do if you're managing the controls yourself. Heat on. AC on and make sure the air is getting blown on at full blast on the windshield. So, coach, have you ever <laughs> So to clarify what she's telling you, there is a button <laughs> in, you, there's a button in every vehicle that says defrost. Push the defrost button. When you push the defrost button, it automatically goes to the windshield and it automatically cuts the air conditioning compressor on okay automatically you don't have to do anything you don't have to change your temperature you don't have to do anything push the button crank the vehicle up as um, as the vehicle's cranked up push the button let it defrost now if you put direct heat on that vehicle on that windshield and you have a crack or even a little chip in that window yeah we got to understand what does heat do to something it makes it expand okay so now that's why you see a lot of times when you have a small crack in the window it gets bigger because now you have put direct heat on it and now it can just run everywhere okay on another thing if you're going to take and put hot water on the vehicle a lot of people put hot water on a vehicle do not put hot water on it. Put warm water on it because if you put directly hot water on it. Once again, what are you doing to that crack? You're making it expand. Coach, if you have fog on the inside of your windshield, that means something else, doesn't it? Yes. If you have fog on the windshield the inside, maybe you have a leak on the inside of the vehicle. That's what I was thinking. Either a coolant leak, most likely, because most of the time you don't get fog on the inside of that mm-hmm. window. But if you did, you would do the exact same thing. Crank the vehicle up, push the defrost button. Yeah. And let it do its work. Yeah. Don't take your hand because that doesn't make it good at all. Once it dries, it just it looks really bad, don't <laughs> you? have spread it. You have smeared the windshield on the inside. Don't use your hand. You know, if you're going to do that, get you some Windex. Make sure it's on a good, warm day. Spray it. Clean it off. Okay. So two tips, Coach. They say heat prevents fogging on the windows. And AC dries up the fog that's already there is what they're saying. Use the defrost button. <laughs> Use the defrost button. If you want to know more, because there's so much more, They it was really an expansive story for defogging your windows. So I'm showing Coach the text. So if you'd like to know more about this story, I'll include a link to it in our show's podcast description. Um, aside from defogging windows, today we're talking about undercarriage maintenance. Email your questions to auto at mpbonline.org. I'm going to get it out. Okay. Back to undercarriage maintenance, Coach. When it comes down to um, your drive shaft, talk about that. I don't know how many times you've been driving down the road and you see a vehicle stuck on the side of the road with a big, long shaft hanging on the ground. That is called your drive shaft for rear-wheel drive vehicles. And what happens, they have universal joints in them, Mm -hmm. okay, connecting the transmission to the rear end of the vehicle. Okay. 
and those universal joints go bad. And the reason they go bad is because water gets up in those universal joints and it rusts the little needle. There are little needle bearings in Mm -hmm. there. And a lot of times there are some U joints. Most of them come from the factory pre-greased. Okay, but then when you replace them, you can put an alamite in there or a grease alamite and you can grease it. Okay, mm-hmm. that means put grease in there to keep the water out. Okay. Okay, to lubricate it. Well, a lot of people do not pay attention to it and they listen to the noise and they can hear it. Every time they back up, it goes a clunk noise. And the next thing you know, they're driving down the highway and, and that, that drive shaft is, comes out. It's down. And now you're not going nowhere. You're on the side of the road waiting on a tow truck. And you're buying maybe just a U-joint, but a lot of times you got to p- replace the drive shaft, and sometimes it tears up the back of the transmission. Quick question about drive shaft. Sometimes, aren't there two of them, a rear and a front? It's, well, the front wheel, it's, if you have a four-wheel drive, you may have a uh, front drive shaft for the front-wheel drive part mm-hmm. of it and a rear drive shaft. But they had the same thing. Yeah. They both had those universal joints in it. And once again, dirt. Water gets up in those, Mm -hmm. and it's really bad on four-wheel drive vehicles because, once again, going through the mud and water all during a hunting season and everything, and then you finally take it out and you just maybe spray the outside of it. You never get underneath it. You still got that mud and all in there. It's steady eating away. You need to get under it, like you said, clean underneath it. Clean underneath it. Make sure those uh, push up and down on those shafts to make sure those U-joints ain't bad, and lube the U-joints underneath the vehicle. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a lot of work. I guess if you like to drive four wheel drives and, you know, go through the mud, you need to be able to have a regular maintenance schedule for your undercarriage. Yeah. And once again, you can go to your owner's manual. It has the intervals when to check the rear end for that. Uh, Because a lot of times driving through the water and all, it gets up into the rear end. Right. And you need it. And the axles, matter of fact, it gets in, it messes the seals up on the rear wheels and oil will come out of them as well. So that's the reason you have to look underneath it. Go by the schedule of what the owner's manual says, the schedule maintenance. Look underneath the vehicle and look for anything that's leaking, anything that's hanging down so you can repair it. Right. In right. a timely manner in order to keep from uh, having a major breakdown later. All right. How often should you clean your undercarriage, Coach? You know, a lot of times if you have oil and stuff like that and you know something's wrong, I would clean it every time that I had a uh, found something wrong. First of all, I'd clean it at that time. But anytime I did an oil change, if I was doing it myself, or even if you took it to somewhere to change the oil mm-hmm. where they can look up under it. Mm-hmm. And then they can let you know. Okay. Especially if you're going through mud and water and you're hunting and all, you need to clean it often. Yeah. Usually those those car washes don't have undercarriage uh, spray, do they? they? They do not. They do not clean your undercarriage for no, you. So you have to get under there with a mm. spray hose, with a spray nozzle, and clean it yourself. What's the, the safest way to do that? Just make sure that the tires are blocked and that you just get up underneath there and lay down under it and clean it. Okay. There's no other way. Just make sure you have safety glasses on so you don't get that mud and dirt all in your eyes. Okay. And if you don't want to do that, you can take it somewhere, right? You can take it somewhere. (laughs) You you can take it to – there are shops that will put it outside on a rack and they will clean it for you. Okay. Then you'll pay that money for it. But you may pay the little bit thin, but instead of having to pay a lot later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that, y'all. That's that's making sure that you keep an 
a maintenance schedule for your undercarriage. And we'll get into a little bit more before we get out of here about undercarriage maintenance. You can send an email to auto at mpbonline.org. I'm going to get it out today. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up in Coach's Tip of the Week. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. We're almost to that time of year where we're going to gather our loved ones, hit the highway, and go see a lot more loved ones. And I think the vehicle we have this week is perfect for it. It's a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee L, which is extended wheelbase, three rows of seats, in the altitude package. I really like what this is. I like the altitude package. I like the dark trim on the outside. I like the black 18-inch alloy wheels. Just looks really sleek. Inside, it's got all the luxuries you need. It's got heated front seats. It's got a heated steering wheel. It's got a nice sound system and all the crash avoidance systems. Automatic emergency braking, adaptive cruise, lane keep assist, and rear cross path detection. Underneath the hood, plenty of power. It's got a 3.6 liter V6, delivers 293 horsepower, and you can pull up to 6,200 pounds. Gas mileage, not bad. 18 in the city, 25 miles per gallon on the highway. I also think for what this vehicle is, not a bad price. The Grand Cherokee starts about $36,000. This one all in, $54,565. See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, listen to the whole show from autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m. It's Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. I'm Jermaine Flood, and our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. It's time for his tip of the week. You know, we were talking about uh, undercarriages this week, and make sure all you hunters out there, when you get through deer hunting, I know that's not till sometime in the middle of January, but when you get through, make sure you take that vehicle out, make sure you remove the wheels, and that you clean underneath that vehicle real well so you can prevent any other damage to the vehicle. Yep. Keep your undercarriage maintenance That's for right. sure. Clean. Clean. <laughs> All right, Coach. Let's get into a question from one of our listeners. This is coming from Rusty Pugh. I know you remember Rusty. He calls us from time to time. I just, I know Rusty's first name now, so I always remember Rusty. Rusty says, I have a 2009 Nissan Frontier with a 4.0. A few years ago, I got a check engine light in the code said thermostat sticking open so I had a mechanic friend replace it. I'm pretty sure he either installed a cheap aftermarket thermostat or he didn't properly bleed the system because I started having overheating issues immediately and I never had a heating issue previously. To make a long story short, but this is still a long story, I had intermittent heating issues and finally one day I noticed the water pump linking. So another mechanic friend replaced the water pump, pulleys and arm and also adjusted the timing chain. Everything seemed fine. It ran a good temperature until one day when I tried to pull a 6x12 U-Haul trailer and it immediately started overheating, but it would not run completely hot. The temperature needle would go to up about two-thirds of the way and then in just a few seconds drop back down to the normal temperature. After several months of watching the temperature gauge go up and down dramatically, I was convinced I either had a bad temp sensor or another faulty thermostat. Meanwhile, I had no sense 
symptoms of a leaking head gasket other than loss of coolant. My mechanic friend even did a test where you test the coolant for exhaust gases and there were none. I finally located a mechanic who seemed to know more than any other rest and based on the symptoms, he was convinced it was a head gasket problem, but he did a pressure test and there was compression. He said it passed the block test. Still, even after that test, he said he was convinced it was a head gasket problem. I add coolant to it every day now and it runs very cool, but will occasionally heat up a little bit, but drop down immediately. So after all of that, my question basically is, could I have a leaking head gasket even though it passed the pressure test? Now, he hits us up again, though. And he says two more quick things. When I had the water pump on it, I also had a new radiator put on it. The probably the most important thing is twice I've used the head gasket sealer in a bottle. Is it possible that I created more problems by doing that? But my question still goes back to how it passed the pressure test. If the head gasket is leaking, as my mechanic insists. Thank you. Rusty Pugh from Tupelo. Okay, well, if you think about a head gasket or you even think about a leak, first of all, you said that you're having to add coolant to it. Well, that means that coolant is going somewhere. If you do not see it dripping on the ground, it's going out either in the oil pan or it's going out the exhaust. Okay, now, it could be leaking into the exhaust, and it's barely leaking into the exhaust chamber, and that means that when it's doing its combustion, it will, in the Intake valve opens, the fluid's in there, but when it closes and the exhaust valve opens, it goes out the exhaust, okay? So you could have a very small leak where that fluid could be going out the exhaust system, okay? Should have done a, uh, air test on, you could have done a pressure test on, cause it only goes, air, fluid can go only, only into the radiator. Okay, it can go into the, I'll do an air test rather, really. It can go into the radiator, it can go into the oil pan, or it can come out the exhaust. Okay, or it could come out the intake. Okay, so that's where fluid could go. But if you're losing it most likely and you don't see it on the ground and your oil is not overfilled, it's going out the exhaust and you do have a bad head gasket. Okay, that's what it was all getting chopped up to for him. That's right. It was all getting chopped up, and he labeled this, which I love the title of the email, Head Gasket Mystery. Right. Well, <laughs> if you don't see it on the ground and your oil filter, I mean, your oil pan is not getting full and you could just pull the dipstick out and see if it's milky, and if it's not milky, it's going out the exhaust. Yeah. He's just, he, he's really probably trying to get around having to replace that head gasket or having to get a whole new engine, right? Well, that head gasket, according to where it's uh, cracked, you know, we, he said something about that block seal. Yeah. Well, it may be able to seal it, but evidently it didn't because maybe this, uh, the gasket's too far gone. Okay. 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 So there's there could be a couple of remedies or fixes, hopefully, without possibly having to replace the entire engine. Just replace the head gasket. Just replace the head gasket. Right. That's going to be, that's what he's going to have to do. Okay. And when he does replace the head gasket, he'll make sure that the head didn't warp. It's an aluminum head to make sure that it's uh, still flat. Okay. Okay. Well, Rusty Pugh and Tupelo, thank you so much for your emails and listening to AutoCorrect. Um, hopefully, Coach Charlie helped you out. 
like he always does, help everybody else out. Well, Coach, that's the end of the show today. I want to say happy holidays to you, Merry Christmas, and all that jazz. New New Year's Eve and everything. Well, we got a Merry Christmas coming up, then we're starting a new year in 2024, and we're still going to have EV as soon as we get back. That's right. Coming up next week, though, we won't be here. It's an all-email show, and Coach goes really into all of those emails like that. So if you ever sent an email, listen to us for that show next week at 10 a.m. That'll wrap us up for today's autocorrect. Our show engineer, Abram Nanny. For Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician, I'm Jermaine Flood. Next week again, it's an all-email show where Coach answers your questions. Thanks for listening to Autocorrect on MPB Think Radio. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Merry Christmas. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.